Thank you, thank you. Buenos dias, Covenant College. Dios les bendiga. Es un honor y un privilegio estar con ustedes. Did you guys think we were at New City East Lake for a minute? Don't worry. I'm not going to do it in Spanish. We're going to go to English. So this is my uh, first time here, and I didn't know what to expect, but I am so excited. You know, I am so excited. Not just because of the good vibe, but I really want us to meet the Lord Jesus Christ here this morning. And so I was thinking, what am I going to talk to you about? And I thought, you know what? I want to talk to you about something that is so near and dear to me, and that is what God says about welcoming strangers. And so it's not, it's not only important to me, but it's really close to the heart of the Lord. And it's something that you guys probably don't hear very often about. So let's start with a little honest reflection about the state of the church when it comes to welcoming strangers. I would say that most Christians and most Christian churches struggle with welcoming strangers into their homes, into their lives, into their churches, and into their land. And uh, all you need to do is look at our churches, and you'll find that most churches love strangers. They love them as long as they are out there, right? Out there where they won't inconvenience them out there where the strangers give the added benefit of making the church feel good about themselves. And guess what? The world notices that disconnect between the church and what God calls us to do in relation to strangers. Think about a recent news headline. It says, the Bible says to welcome strangers, so why don't white evangelicals? So, it's easy, it's easy for us to dismiss those charges as being politically motivated and in that process ignore the heart of Jesus for strangers. Think about it for a second. Let's look at Matthew 25, 35, where Jesus is separating the sheep from the goats and he praises the sheep and he says, um, for when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you invited me in. And the, the sheep were kind of perplexed like, uh, Lord, when did we do that? And Jesus responded, truly, I say to you, to the extent that you did that for the one of the least of his brothers and sisters, you did it for me, me. So it's something that is deeply personal to our Lord. And so let's see if we can hear more about that heart of the Lord for strangers, and hopefully you'll be motivated to work to welcome strangers. So one of my friends said about college students, and this is true, I think, already, that college students are ready to take on hell with a water gun. I think you are. And I'm really excited and hoping that from here, it'll be a beginning of change of how we as Christians and as the Christian church welcomes strangers. So I'm going to be speaking to you this morning from Leviticus chapter 19, verses 33 and 34. Leviticus 19, 33 and 34. This is the word of the Lord. When a stranger resides with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. The stranger who resides with you shall be 
to you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we pray that you would meet us here in this rainy, foggy morning, that we would see more of your love, how wide, how long, how high, how deep it is, and that, be, that we would be transformed because of the time that we spent here with each other and with you. In Jesus' name, amen. So welcoming strangers is one of the most repeated themes of the scriptures. The Israelites constantly moved around from place to place. Think about Abraham, Moses, Jesus himself. They were people who entered new lands and they knew what it was like to be a stranger. They knew what it was like to be welcomed or not into a land. And so in this text that Moses writes, he tells us three things about how we should welcome strangers. First of all, he tells us the reason why we should welcome strangers. Secondly, the graciousness with which we should welcome strangers. And lastly, the power for us to welcome strangers. So let's start with the reason. In the book of Leviticus, God tells us how to relate to him. And he gives us a whole bunch of laws. It's, a bunch, it's, it's a, kind of a difficult book uh, in many senses uh, because... Honestly, kind of like we don't like laws, right? You know, we kind of don't like people to tell us what to do very much. And here God is one thing after another and another. And uh, here he says a lot of things that the Israelites should not do, like to stay away from sexual immorality and to tell the truth and things like that. And uh, it would have been super easy for the Israelites to look at the strangers and to conclude God wants us to maintain social distance from these guys because, I mean, they're, they're kind of dirty, right? Kind of bad. But what we saw here in the passage that we just read is the total opposite. God commands his people to welcome stranger, welcome strangers. And honestly, this is a command that has frustrated God's people for a long time, for many, many generations. And why is that? I think it's because people tend to look at strangers as, as invaders, right? And uh, then with that attitude, what happens is that, that fear and anger begin to grow. There is a fear that strangers will flourish and that that will take away opportunities from the citizens. There is fear that the strangers will multiply and they will turn against them. And there is anger, anger that strangers are going to take the resources that are available for the citizens and use them for themselves. And there is anger that strangers will make the lives of the citizens less comfortable. And so there is a place in Scripture, there is a place in our lives for us to have uh, just righteous indignation and the fear of the Lord. But that is not what I'm talking about, the kind of fear and anger that I'm talking about here is fear and anger that is contagious to your soul. It is deadly to your soul if you let that fear and anger grow. And so God, in his graciousness, he says, welcome strangers. He's hoping that there'll be a character change, a transformation that takes place in the lives of Christians. That'll help us grow in humility, in compassion, and love. 
But I have news for you. Christians don't like that method of growth. What do Christians like? They like Bible studies. They like small groups with people that are all like them. And so, and very being very theologically astute, Christians figure out, well, how am I going to get out of it? I can't ignore what it's written. I mean, it's plain as day. But how do I minimize that responsibility to welcome strangers? And guess what? That is, that is not a new tactic. Like the Pharisees and the Sadducees use that tactic all the time. Think about the story of the Good Samaritan, Luke chapter 10. Here, the expert of the law says to Jesus, what must I do to inherit in, uh, eternal life? And Jesus says to him, uh, what is written in the law? And how do you read it? And the expert says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, with all your strength and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Guess what? That phrase came from Leviticus 19, what we just read. And so they're trying to figure out a way to minimize the depth of that commandment that the Lord Jesus just gave them, to love their neighbors as themselves. Now, how do Christians try to do the same thing? How do Christians try to minimize what God calls them to do as far as welcoming strangers? So what they do particularly is use Romans chapter 13 verses 1 through 7. And Romans 13, 1 through 7 says that God expects us to obey the laws of the government, right? And so, well, the conclusion here is this. If an undocumented person violates immigration law, I don't have a responsibility to welcome them, right? That's, that's kind of the logic. But let me ask you a question. And really think about this. Does Romans 13 apply to laws of other countries? I would say, yes, yes it does. So what about a country like Saudi Arabia where the distribution of non-Muslim religious material such as Bible is, Bibles is illegal? Like you could go to jail. What, what do you do with that? How do, you, how do you feel about groups such as Open Doors or the Voice of the Martyrs or World Help that supply Bibles to be smuggled or they smuggle them? How do you feel about that? I would say that most Christians and most Christian churches applaud those efforts, right? They are happy and they cite Acts chapter 5 typically. It's like when Peter and the disciples were arrested and they were put in jail and then upon release they were told, okay, we're going to let you go, but you better not talk about that Jesus. And what did Peter and the disciples say? No way, no way. We must obey God rather than man. So for them not to do what God called them to do was unthinkable, right? So what do you think about God's command to welcome strangers? What do you think about that? It's all over Leviticus 19. It is all over the Old Testament. And it applies to all strangers, is not welcome them, welcoming, welcoming, them, welcoming them unthinkable? Huh. 
Something to ponder about. I'll tell you, in my experience with dealing with first-generation immigrants, that's where you see the most fruit as far as evangelism, the most conversions. But perhaps you take a different stance, and is you believe that the command to welcome strangers is limited to those who are documented, those who are wealthy enough and f- or fortunate enough to have all their documents. That, that really is a big question for you to wrestle with, okay? So I'm going to leave you to think about it. Hopefully it won't distract you from all your academic uh, work that you have. What does God call us to do with strangers? Well, Let's keep going. Just remember this. The U.S. government realizes that the immigration system is broken. And they're working right now to fix it, to make it more compassionate and more merciful. But let's talk about now the graciousness with which we are to welcome strangers. We might be surprised that Christians are not called to do the minimum so that they can pass the course, they are called to the highest standard, which is to love generously and sacrificially. And we're going to look at three tangible ways to love strangers. The first one we find in verse 33, and it says, you shall do no wrong to the strangers. In other words, you shall treat strangers fairly. Strangers are vulnerable, and God calls us, his people, Christians, you, calls us to protect them. And in my years of Hispanic ministry as coordinator, I have seen many, many cases of abuse in this area. The most personal happened when we moved here as a family from Colombia, immigrated to Miami. My mom sold our house in Bogota. She took the equity for the home and she invested it in an American company that sold vending machines. So this company said, this is a great, honest way for somebody that doesn't speak English to earn a living. My mom bought into that, lo- into that line, spent the majority of her equity. We moved to Miami, and when we get to get, went to get the machines, guess what? Tick-tock, tick-tock. The company was nowhere to be found. So, so they robbed us, and they left us out there to rot. So as immigrants, I mean, we didn't know what to do. You know, how, do how do we defend ourselves with new immigrants in this country? So what did we do? Well, my mom went to the Roman Catholic Church to ask for help. And, and they helped. They met some of our basic necessities. That was a good part. The bad part was that one of the priests took an unhealthy interest in me, a vulnerable teenager. So... Thank God, by the grace of God, nothing happened. I just told my mom, this, this guy is acting really weird. He's saying some really weird things. And my mom just protected me and said, we're going to step away from that situation. And they're not, not going to ask for help. For, gonna, not going to ask them for help anymore. So for me, at that moment, that was the end of my relationship with the Roman Catholic Church. If God's representative on earth wants to use me in that way, I have no room for God in my life, right? That's the bad part. But think about what if you, what if us as Christians do welcome 
in immigrants do welcome strangers and we show them the love of God. Think about the impact that you can make in showing the real character of God to strangers. That is a great opportunity and a great privilege. Challenging, but good. Now let's look, go into the second way that God calls us to welcome strangers, and that is in verse 34. It says, the stranger who resides with you shall be with you as the native among you. Let me give you the Spanish translation of that verse. Mi casa es tu casa. Everything that is mine is yours. That's how God expects us to welcome strangers. So that includes the giving and receiving of hospitality, but not southern hospitality. Southern hospitality focuses in primarily on the host or the hostess making themselves feel good, but rather hospitality, hospitality as the disposition, the mindset of taking care of the needs of others in the context of relationship. And, and that relationship is what takes that love to go, go f- to be to go from being a program to being something personal. Very important. So treating strangers as if they were native-born also means that we treat them as if they always belonged here. In other words, that the opportunities that are available to residents are also available to the strangers. And, and one of the ways that happened to our family was through the Cuban-American National Council, which was established in the 70s to help Cubans assimilate into the life of, in the States. And my mom went to them, asked for help, and they told her about scholarships that she could apply for for our education. And that's something that is not common in third world countries, right? So here, a nonprofit institution was able to help an immigrant family, family. And guess what? That is not limited to nonprofit organizations. The church can do that. The church can gain the trust of the immigrant community and they can help them flourish by making resources available to them. And that's an area where there's a lot, a lot of room for growth and for improvement. The third way that God wants us to welcome strangers is by loving the stranger as we love ourselves. What does that remind you of? The second greatest commandment, doesn't it? To love others in the same way that we love ourselves. And the applications of this are limitless. The one thing that we know for sure is if we love others that way, that will chip away at our self-centered tendencies. There is no question about it. But that does not come naturally to us. So if we take this commandment to welcome strangers seriously, we need to just fall on our knees and ask God for help and the gospel and in the gospel alone we found find the help the power that we need to welcome strangers and we find our gospel nugget in verse 34 where it says you were strangers in the land of Egypt I am the Lord your God and so what God is doing here is he is reminding reminding them that they were mistreated by the Egyptians that the Egyptians did not love them 
the Egyptians used them and abused them. They did not pay them any wages. They were slaves. They objectified them and they robbed them of their dignity. So God himself intervened and he brought justice against the Egyptians. And every year during the Passover, the Israelites celebrated how God delivered them from Egypt. They knew that they were no better than the Egyptians. They were just as self-centered. They were just as hateful. They knew they had been spared from judgment, from the judgment that they deserved for their sinful actions because God saw the blood of the innocent lamb on the doorpost and he passed them over. It's all grace spared from judgment through substitution. And as Christians, all of us know that Jesus is the long-awaited Lamb of God, and we know that we were foreigners to his mercies and strangers to his grace and rebels to his kingdom. Yet God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, provided what we needed that we might be saved so that we who were strangers would be welcomed into his house and we would receive all the benefits of being sons and daughters of the king. And the more that truth gets a hold of your heart, the more motivated you will be to welcome strangers into your home. This is taking his grace and translating it into action. My prayer for you is that the Lord would enlarge your heart, that he will increase your love, and that he would give you more of him as you seek to welcome strangers. Let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for the grace that we have found in the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for your love, infinite and eternal. We thank you for the fellowship we enjoy in the Holy Spirit, and we pray that you would transform us, that we would be better and joyful in welcoming strangers amongst us. In Jesus' name, amen.